On this episode of the Massive Agent Podcast, anyone who's ever wanted to start their own show is going to be very, very happy. We're talking with Ryan Hills from RE Source TV, someone who's been doing a show consistently for over a decade, 10 straight years of doing a show. Do you think he's learned some stuff? Do you think he's learned some tips and what's important and what isn't? Well, we're going to learn all those things right now on the Massive Agent Podcast. Let's do it. The Massive Agent Podcast. We lead generation tips and strategies to get you more leads and sell more homes. I love to buy houses. I like to sell houses. It takes brass balls to sell real estate. Wait a minute. The leads are weak. You're weak. I've had better. Oh, have I got your attention now? Here's your host, Dustin Brome. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Massive Agent Podcast, episode number 111. You know, I feel like I just screwed up the intro a little bit because normally I think I say it different. Don't I, don't I usually say like, welcome to episode 111 of the Massive Agent? Yeah, that's what I do. That's what I do. So you get it. It's episode 111 and this is the Massive Agent Podcast. And if you're new to the show, welcome. I am your host, Dustin Brome. I am super excited to hear from Ryan Hills today. Ryan Hills is the host of RE Source TV from the resource.tv website. They've been doing a show consistently for over 10 years. It's one of the best quality shows that I've seen. It's also a podcast. They take that show and break it up into smaller little segments, and then they also do a podcast. So if you're on the mortgage side of the industry, you've absolutely seen Ryan and his content all over the place for many years. Most real estate agents haven't seen Ryan or his content or come across our resource TV yet, but I'm telling you, it's a huge, huge mistake to not consume it. It's extremely valuable. And if you like this show, if you listen to this podcast right here, I promise you, you will love the Resource TV show. And so we're going to learn today, like I said in the intro, anyone who's ever wanted to start a show, anyone who currently has one, myself included, we, we're in for a treat because it's not every day that we can talk to, to a veteran that's been doing it successfully and getting better every freaking time they release a show for 10 years. It's not every day. We get a veteran of 10 years on the show. So this is going to be really good. I'm excited to to ask him questions for selfish reasons. I want to make this show better. I want I want to be around for 10 years. You know, I want to I want to start doing video in addition to just this audio podcast. I have all sorts of questions like what's important? What should we not even worry about at all? What, you know, biggest mistake he made along the way and how to avoid it? All the good stuff. If you are new to the show, welcome. My name is Dustin Brome, your host. And apparently you guys probably heard that. I, rec- I record this show in my basement office at my house. I have two young kids, a boy who's five, a daughter who's two, and my wife. And they're in the kitchen right now, directly above our heads. And the floor is wood. So fantastic. Uh, we'll probably hear some big booms. Don't worry. My house is not, it's not in a war zone. It's just at home with children. So um, where, where the hell was I? I think I was introducing myself yet again, yet again. If you're new to the show, guys, my name is Dustin Brome, your host. This is a industry syndicate production. 
I am the co-founder of a real estate and mortgage industry podcast network called the Industry Syndicate, and this show is a proud founding member of that network. You can get our app. We have a podcast player and podcast community app made for agents and loan officers. You just need to go to the App Store or Google Play and get the Industry Syndicate app. If you like this show, there's a ton more that are great as well, and you can find them all from the Industry Syndicate. And something I wanted to announce um, for the first time here, unless you follow Industry Syndicate on social media, next week on what is it? On Tuesday, February 11th, we're, we're launching the very first syndicate original podcast. It's the very first original podcast from the industry syndicate hosted by Megan Anderson. If you guys are on the mortgage side of the industry, you know, Megan Anderson very well from MBS highway and her social media. She does an amazing job. So you do not want to miss this show. It's called behind the breakthrough where she interviews some of the top people in our industry and out to find out what their, what their career looked like prior to them making it big, so to speak, prior to the success, how did they break through? What did that look like? And what, what did they do to make that breakthrough happen? So look for behind the breakthrough, the first industry syndicate original show coming on Tuesday, February 11th, make sure you get the industry syndicate app. And uh, you'll hear more about that in the meantime on our social media. But uh, I guess I could finally, finally make it through my freaking intro for once. I mean, I've got to talk about myself a little bit, right? I mean, it's my show. I have, a, I have the mic here and nothing's stopping me. I'm the, the co-founder of the Industry Syndicate, national speaker, trainer, and real estate marketing coach. I write a weekly column every Friday for Housing Wire. Go check that out at housingwire.com. I'm an agent with eXp Realty in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I'm the founder of the Massive Agent Society, our one agent per market, Facebook ads, lead gen, coaching, training, online course platform. I know that's a mouthful, but guess what? It's a lot. If you want to learn how to master your master lead generation and have someone to hold your hand through the process, someone who you can uh, have help you and do a screen, um, a screen share with you if your ads get denied or whatever. If you want a resource and someone to show you how to master lead gen, you need to check out the Massive Agent Society. Go to massiveagentsociety.com. Make sure your market is even available. We had a bunch of markets claimed last week when I did that one day only half off deal. Congrats to you guys that took advantage of that. And that's why you should subscribe to the show. If you're listening to this on a day other than Thursday, you need to subscribe to the show. You get a reminder and a notification every time the show comes out. Speaking of which, you guys that have subscribed and have shown some love to the show, I want to thank you. Um, you guys can actually help help me out and help us out tremendously in making this show a success and attracting more guests, bigger guests, uh, bigger opportunities. Um, I have some stuff where, where I'm going to be doing some live podcasts at some point, um, some on location stuff and, and really exciting. And I have you guys directly to thank for that. First off for listening, for subscribing and for leaving reviews on iTunes. I don't know why I keep calling it that. It's not called iTunes anymore. It's Apple podcasts. But you guys that have left reviews on Apple Podcasts and subscribed, you help out so much. Um, so I'm going to give a shout out here to the review of the week. Every week, I'm going to go to the most recent review or two, depending on how long they are, and give a shout out and show some love for you guys. Every time you leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe at the same time, you have no idea how much it's helping. So thank you. 
Uh, Larry Hales says, really enjoy this podcast. It always seems, I always seem to pull a nugget or two or three from each episode. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate that. And then Ed Hooks says, topically relevant. Living and learning are beneficial lifelong activities, always relevant topics, and honest delivery of perspectives for your consideration. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Ed. Guys, I love hearing what you like about this show. Last thing I will ask before we get into this amazing interview with Ryan Hills, host of the RE Source TV show and podcast. You guys, like I said, can help out, uh, can have a direct um, effect on the success or lack thereof, of this show. Now, obviously, if I shit the bed, if I screw things up, if I do a horrible job, no one's going to listen, the audience disappears, as you should, and that's on me. But you guys can also positively affect the show by sharing it with somebody who has not heard it before. If you like this show, if you've left a review, if you've subscribed to the show, or you don't want to do any of that, if you find value for this episode or the show as a whole, please share it today. Please share it, share it today. You could share an episode from massiveagentpodcast.com, share it right from Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen, or even just tag Massive Agent Podcast on Instagram or Facebook or share it in your stories. You guys, you guys are very creative with how to share it. Let others know that this show exists. If you like it, please help someone else out by giving them access to this information as well. It helps me and our show out tremendously, and it helps out the agent that you're sharing it with. So share it with your broker, share it within your office, share it in a Facebook group, your stories, whatever it is, send a text with a link to someone, to another agent you work with. And, uh, you have no idea how much that helps us out and how much I appreciate it personally. So thank you guys. Let's jump into the interview right now with Ryan Hills, the host of the RE Source TV. What is up guys? I am here with Ryan Hills from RE Source TV. Ryan, how are you, man? How's it going? Doing awesome, man. Sounds like you got a ton of snow. So we're both kind of getting snowed in except for our snow is like maybe a sliver and it sounds like you got a foot. So yeah, we were... It, it's coming down two inches an hour in Salt Lake right now. I know it's crazy. Yeah. At the time we're recording this guys, it, it just dumped like a foot or 13, 14 inches at my house in the middle of the Salt Lake Valley. Kids are out of school. It's a snow day. So lovely, lovely. Love it. Love yeah, it, man. And are you in Seattle or Portland? Seattle? Uh, south of Seattle, about a half hour in a little town called Puyallup that nobody knows how to say. You're in the pew? I'm in the pew. <laughs> P-town. Yeah. So I, yeah, I know, I know Puyallup because, uh, Rory Pitts, do you know Rory Pitts? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't know about it, but yeah. there you go. That's cool. I didn't know that you were in his town. He's upstairs. <laughs> Are you Literally, serious? He's upstairs. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he's sending you his deals. I, I hope so as well. <laughs> right. Well, I, all right. I'm going to have to have it. We're going to, first off, we're putting him on blast here right. and applying some serious pressure. Um, Good shout out. I'm going to send him a DM afterwards because that just yeah. needs to happen. Well, dude, thank you for being on the show. Yeah. Uh, you, you're somebody who I've, I've wanted to interview because you've been doing your own show, a super highly produced, like very professionally done show for 10 years. Is that right? 10 years. It's probably longer than 10 years because our first couple of shows were actually on a different server that we lost. Oh. So uh, it's probably longer than 10 years, but at least, yeah, a decade. <laughs> 10 years that you can prove. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not that we want to see those shows because they're sure. really bad, I'm sure. 
Sure. Oh, geez. Yeah. It's funny. I was talking to someone the other day that was planning on doing a podcast or, or no, they were doing one and they're like, oh my gosh, the first five episodes were so bad. And they were on like episode 20 and they wanted to go back and re-record and replace the audio. And I'm like, just like, it sucks. Yeah. Episode one, two, three, they all suck. Mine yeah. are horrible, yeah. but they get better. Like, you know, that's just the way it works. You don't need to go redo it. Um, it it's, it's one of those things, man when you got started with your show and I'm going to ask this question first and then I'll give you 30 seconds to let the massive agent audience know a little bit more about who you are. Uh, but when you started, did you have any prior experience with videography, with, with doing a show? Like, were you a news anchor there in, in Wallop? <laughs> no, no, that's the beauty of it. Uh, RC and I just jumped right into it head first. I had never been on video before. I hope this gives everybody kind of some courage because I no, I wasn't a news anchor. I've never crafted a message that was three to four minutes that was interesting or you know, jumped in front of the camera. We just started, man, just like any other strategies, like let's do it. And then, you know, we slowly got better and better and better and better. And, you know, it's, it's funny because the reason we started, most people don't know, is right after the Great Recession. And it, it was really just RC and I in an office RC was the marketing uh, manager and I was like the only loan officer left <laughs> at the time because of the great recession. And yeah, uh, kind of similar to your story, I didn't have the best mentor as far as building an actual business, a sustainable business. So I wasn't, I didn't have referral partners and I didn't manage my database well. Uh, you know, really just picked up business because, you know, I had a pulse, you know, that joke, if you had a pulse, you know, if you're a loan officer back then you were getting deals. So mm -hmm. uh, when that great recession hit, it forced me to really focus on what am I going to do here? How am I going to build a business? And the question that drove both RC and I and us was how are we going to become relevant? Later on it, it, and every day it is, how do we maintain our relevancy? How do we continue to be relevant? But back then, 10 years ago, what are we going to do in Puyallup, P-Town, to become relevant? Because everybody else that had five, 10 years on me that actually built a proper business, they were going to be fine. They were going to weather that storm. Not me. I didn't have, like I said, no referral partners. Database was managed horribly. And so the one thing that we went all in on was video. We're going to jump in front of the camera. We're going to try to bring interesting, relevant content. And then we're going to try to, we didn't even know how to distribute, which, you know, we can get mm -hmm. into level, you know, 3.0 and 4.0 conversations later on, but we didn't even know how to distribute that back then. That's, Facebook wasn't that big. YouTube kind of was, but, you know, distribution wasn't even a, a thought. We were just trying to get a message out. And I remember going to uh, title and escrow classes and there'd be 10 agents in the town and going, you know, we'd have to play the show, like literally hit play and, <laughs> hey, would you watch this oh show? God. And I don't even think we had a way to subscribe. We just wanted people to watch. And again, it was just to try to stay relevant or become relevant after the Great Recession. So we forget worked. how much has changed in 10 years. I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been an agent for just over nine years. And yeah, I was like, Facebook was still relatively new. It didn't have a fraction of the functionality that it has right. now. Man, that's crazy. It's it if you've been in the business for you know 10 years or less, like just just look at what business was like when you got started. It's it's so different. So that's interesting that you yeah, you didn't have the tools we have now. Like you didn't have Facebook Live, you didn't have Instagram stories, you so much easier now, man. I, I still oh, look at people that 
aren't in the business or even outside of the business and they scratch my head like, why are you not using social and video? Do you, do you like working harder versus smarter? This is so weird to me. Back then, that was, that was yeah. tough. Now, they think they've missed the boat. Yeah, they I, haven't I hear at that all. all the time. No, you haven't. And right. man, learn from our lessons. We, you know, Will Smith kind of made it cheesy because he talked about, if you've ever seen his video, failing forward. So it's kind of like a cliche, but dude, that's what we did. We just failed for the last 10 years and learned from our failure and just try to get better, try to get better editing, try to craft a better message, try to distribute better. And it's because we didn't give up that we, you know, eventually got to a nationwide show and we now we travel and speak to agents and loan officers uh, because we just failed. We just continued to fail and got better through our failures, man. We didn't know what to do day one. Back to your original question, we had no idea. Yeah. So you started the show as a, as just for the local market, right? Like yep. it, when, you, when you first started, was it just you wanted to get more business, you wanted to get more deals? Was it, did you have the consumer in mind or agent partners or both? And did you ever even think that it would go national and you'd be able to like, be a, an industry leader at some point? No, not at all. That was not even a strategy. It wasn't even a, a thought. Uh, it was really like we, we were treading water, man. <laughs> like we just wanted to survive. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get out of the business. And, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. So that was like our all in. Like we had to survive. We had to keep our head above water. And we, we didn't even think about the consumer back then. We were just like, I know agents can send loan officers business. So let's try to connect with them. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we just did that. And it was, I don't know, RC's over here, how many years later, but it, it's so long ago. A couple of years later, I was fishing in Alaska and I love this trip. I do it every year pretty much, you, you know, cause we're always, if you're a realtor or lender, you're connected to your phone, your email, like you are uber connected. In Alaska, I go out in the bush where you can't be connected. So it forces you to slow down. And I love fishing. So for a week, I was out there, no running water, no electricity, no phone, just fishing with the bears and the moose and stuff. It was amazing. Nice. So I get picked up uh, on this little cabin out in Alaska. It's at the base of Mount McKinley, which is pretty dope. And this little tiny plane picks me up and we're flying back to Anchorage and my phone starts you know, getting signals. So all my messages for the week start popping in and emails. And one message was from a, a guy named Frank Gray, if you don't. No, Frank and Brian back then had and still have one of the biggest and most watched shows in real estate and lending called, um, it was Think Big, Work Small back then. Now it's the National Real Estate Post. Oh, I didn't know that they had a, a different name. Yeah. Yeah. All, all of our shows that I was talking about earlier were on the Think Big, Work Small server that, and they switched over to National Real Estate Post. So anyways, that was like the Johnny Carson, if you will, of the mortgage and real estate video like space. Yeah. And that guy calling us out of nowhere going, hey, we've seen your stuff. Again, not, no intention for the videos to be watched outside of Puyallup. They're in California. Mm -hmm. So this dude calling, which is again, like, you know, the joke is the Johnny Carson of the mortgage video space was like, what in the world? Like, you've seen our stuff? Oh yeah. And we want you to guest host because we're, they were getting really, really busy. They, were, they became mortgage rock stars and they were traveling the country. And that just blew me away. Like, we're just trying to tread water and keep our business going. Wow. And we get this call from like the best of the best. I mean, they have, they have hundreds of thousands of subscribers and followers and views and millions of views and they want us to guest host. Yeah. And that was like the coolest. That was like the first moment where the idea got bigger. And from there, 
you know, we started actually tracking, we figured out what an analytic was and then started tracking them. <laughs> what <laughs> is like, an analytic? Yeah. Yes. What is this thing? Oh, wow. We were, you know, people are watching in different states. Yeah. You know, that, that was crazy. Why are they watching in different states? And then, then we started thinking bigger, like, well, how can we make this work? Initially, it was just to stay, stay relevant in Puyallup, but now mm-hmm. other people are watching. And so it grew or- organically. Like one of our failures that we still have, it, it, we struggle with distribution and we, our show's grown like the most orga- organically, like slow way. It's basically word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, have you seen the our resource? And we still run to people every day that have never seen it after 10 years. And I, I want to be offended, but I just go, that's an opportunity for, for us to find another person that wants to join our community. But it really is like we, it's just like word of mouth and we've, we're trying to get better at, you know, having bigger strategies to really pull in the masses versus just waiting for that slow word of mouth to grow our, our audience. I know one of the biggest uh, roadblocks that, that people put it in front of them, and I'm not saying it's not legitimate because I know what this is like. They start, they launch a show, especially a video show because like podcasting is easy. It really is. You don't have to worry about video and editing that right. video and, and all that. So if you're going to do a video show, there's videography. There's a, wait, are we still live here? I, uh, there we go. My screen disappeared. Can you still hear me? Yep. Love it. All right. Um, they, they realize, oh my gosh, this either it takes way too much time if they're going to do it themselves or it costs way too much or both. How did you guys pay for it in the beginning? Well, we had bad gear. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't very expensive. So we had bad gear and it just, again, I don't even know what we shot with back then. RC, do you remember a flip cam? Do you guys remember those flip cams? Yeah. yeah. They plugged right into the, right with the USB thing, right? Yes. Plugged right in. Oh my goodness. Yes. He's reminded me of the, 10 years ago. So we built a, for some reason, we made it way too hard. So we built a huge frame that was like 15 by 15, two by four frame. And then we stretched green cloth over that. Why didn't we just paint the background? I don't know. <laughs> we had this over, overly built green screen backdrop and then a flip cam. And then I would put my notes, I would, you know, tape them to the, um, the wall really. And if you look back, I mean, those crafting a message again there's so many fine details we could talk about in video and podcasting but crafting crafting a message that's short relevant to the point is really difficult and so mm-hmm. i would rattle on those shows would be like seven eight nine ten minutes and like i i'm sure nobody was still listening back then after the seventh or eighth or ninth minute so um, i had to get better at scripting and crafting a message again if you if you've ever seen our show it's, it is scripted and most people, a lot of video people tell you not to do it because it's not authentic and I agree with that. But I figured out a way to be able to write the spoken word, not the written word, and then read it hopefully to where I, I feel like it comes off where that's not scripted and it's, it's, it's genuine. So I didn't know that it was part. scripted. Yeah, that's the, that's the, and I've know, seen it. That's the goal. Yeah. And well, um, that, you know, you can, that's a next level strategy because yeah. it's really hard. If you're just getting into video, I would say stick to a genuine uh, bullet point or concept. Yes. You know, but work on with that. writing and scripting a message that's, again, short, relevant to the point. 
and then work on reading that and delivering that. There's small tricks, not to get like uber detailed, but there's small tricks with your eyes. So if you see me, I'll look off camera a lot versus just staring at the, you know, the, we have a big screen monitor. That's our teleprompter. And I, if I'm looking left to right, obviously it comes off scripted and not authentic. So mm-hmm. uh, small detail, fine, fine detail is I kind of glance at it, look to the left or right. And it never looks like I'm actually reading. Hopefully if I do it right. Yeah. Oh, wait. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I caught some grief from a few people because in a recent Housing Wire article, I talked about how when you are reading a script, it's obvious and it makes the video horrible. Yep. People can yeah. see you looking slightly off. So I don't think you, like what you do is you're not reading a script. Okay? Reading a script while you're recording a video is not good because it's obvious, it sounds scripted you have bullet points or you scripted it and you just memorized it and you deliver it authentically. That's yeah. the key is you deliver it authentically. So it, so it doesn't sound like you're reading. That's, that's what I was getting at in that article. You've obviously accomplished that. So, and hell I have notes. Like I have questions that I, that I want to hit. I'll have right. certain, like I have a, a note that is my show flow that I'm like, okay, mention this, 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 then do the interview, then this, this, this. But usually I just like, you have your, outline of a basic outline of where you want the show to go. And then you just roll with it. That's something you develop a skill for by doing. Um, Like I'm much better at asking follow-up questions and just keeping the conversation flowing much better now than I was 110 episodes ago. That's why you have to start a show. If you want to do a show and be good at it, you can't be good at it before you do it. Right. So you got to do it. That's why it's important. I think, those sh- we were talking off camera beforehand and, and people were saying that they would shoot a show or something and they wouldn't, they wouldn't air it or they wanted to delete it or whatnot. I think those shows are very important to go back and yeah. look at and go, okay, what did we do right? And what could we do better? And again, that's just our concept of just failing forward. It sounds so cheesy, but you know, that's what it is. Like you have to figure out what you did wrong and then let's do it better the second time around. And that's why having, those shows in the, you know, in the can. So you can go back and reference those. Oh, and then also just like, I just started working out, man. And I, I show, I shared a vulnerable story. That's not typically like me on social. And, um, I did a body scan index Mm. thing. Yeah. And, uh, recently, like within the last month, right? Yeah. Mm. A couple weeks ago. And it was after working out for three months. And so I'm three months into this journey and I've, you know, feeling a little bit good about myself, but not, I don't have the results that I want. And this body scan index was like a kick in the nuts, man. Cause it said I was obese and I was like hurt my heart. I was like, God, man, why did I do this thing? Mm-hmm. But had I gone back on day one and taken a body scan index day one, I'm sure the results would show a huge improvement, but I don't have that to leverage. And that's what I'm saying about having your shows, if you just are starting video or audio or podcast to go back and look at, you can see the development and not having it for my workout journey right now sucks. I, I don't know how much I've lost as far as, you know, maybe fat and maybe some of it's turned to muscle. That's my hope, but I don't have anything to reference. Sure. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. Interesting analogy, but I've, I mean, I know some people do this and they should because for the reasons you mentioned, if you feel like you haven't made progress, if you feel like, oh, why am I still doing this? Go back and listen to some of your first episodes. I've never Mm -hmm. done that. I just, I, I got to the point where I just don't give a shit. Like (laughs) episode one, awful. Episode two, 
still pretty awful. Episode three, yeah. awful. Episode <laughs> 110, awful. On 11 today, fantastic. <laughs> but I just don't care anymore. Like, I know I'm getting better. I can feel it. I, you know, the feedback I get from people. So I just keep going. Um, but you cannot get to that point unless you're doing it. Again, so Ryan, if anyone out there is wanting to do their own podcast or video show or both, what's the very first thing that you recommend they do? Let's, let's break it down for them because I want this to be as empowering as possible and to encourage more people to take action and actually launch it than anything they've listened to before. Where should they start? And let's work forward from there. That's a great question. I, I'm thinking my answer is going to be contrarian, which is kind of me anyways. That's always good. Uh, yeah. So I think people, even though quality is very important to us, audio, video, good. We have a lot of a good equipment. Mm-hmm. All the I toys. Try, all, we have all the toys, distribution, yep. all that's important, but you've got to have something to say. Mm-hmm. Even before you jump on the mic in front of it, like, I, I don't, I hate these. Oh God, here I'm going to get myself in trouble. I hate these video challenges of 40 days. Yes. Not because I love the consistency of it, which is the challenge, but if you don't have anything re- relevant to say, what are you doing? So you're actually mm-hmm. doing the opposite. You're training your audience to tune you out because you're not saying anything of, of importance or relevancy. So before you do anything on a podcast or a video, like really think about what you're trying to say, who you're trying to say it to and, and perfect that message because you look at Gary Vee, man, that dude's shooting video when he's getting on a plane or in a car. And it's always interesting because the message, the content trumps the quality or the delivery method. And I think that's the biggest mistake I see every day, even today in both realtors lenders is they just jump in front of the mic or the, or a video camera and they just blah, they just vomit something that's nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. rather you do it once a week or once a month if you don't have that much to talk about and have something relevant to say that your audience is going to connect with you. Yes. Let's, so that's really, let's jump into that a little more because you're right. So here's where I know some people are kind of throwing up their hands. They're like, what the hell? Because we tell them all the time, just do it. Just start recording. Yeah. Just press record. Yeah. I think we're both right. Okay. You should just press record, but give some thought, 30 seconds of thought into what your intended audience actually wants to hear something that's actually valuable. It's not that hard. It just takes a little effort, a little thought. So yes, you should just say, screw it and hit record, whether it's a podcast or a video. Yes, you should. Like two minutes from from when this episode is over, if you have not done a video and you're inspired to do so, you should do it. But take that two minutes to think about what the hell you're going to talk about. Yeah. So I mean, what I'm saying, man, is 10 years, again, of pushing past failures. Right. So... Exactly. Trust me. I mean, we come out once a week. If I had to come out with something every day that was relevant, I don't know that I could do that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's a really difficult thing to come out with something original every single day that people are going to find interesting. I'm just being real. Like, that's tough. Oh, dude, I do a daily podcast. Uh, it started as a flash briefing. Then I made it available on Apple Podcasts called the Massive Agent Minute. And it's extremely difficult. Yeah, I just... Kudos um, to you, man. Well, thank you. But yeah. also, like... I don't know, maybe, maybe it's bad because yeah, it can't be groundbreaking and revolutionary and, and, and just so fantastic every single day. So sometimes I talk about like, uh, uh, like Disney plus came out. So I talked about my, my kid's favorite show on Disney plus or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, 
I just make it an extension of this show so I, people can get stuff daily. It's, it's hard. So like I set that bar really, really high for myself. I kind of wish I didn't, to be honest with you. <laughs> right. So I don't want that and people seeing the daily stuff or even the weekly stuff to prevent people from starting because they're like, I can't do that consistently on a daily basis, weekly basis with production value, with great video, with great topics. I, I really think, let's talk about topics more because you're right. That is the foundation. You could have the worst video, well, not the worst. You could have average video quality, average audio quality, um, and still have it be the number one podcast on the planet if it's great stuff. Russell Brunson, Marketing Secrets Podcast. I know it's not the number one on the planet, but it's it's one of the top ones. He he records in his car while he's driving to and from the office. And you can hear cars honking and the engine revving and stuff. Nobody cares that he's not in a professional right. studio because what he's talking about content trumps that is great. Yes. Yep. So how do you pick those topics right at the beginning? And you're because I one thousand percent agree you've got to get that right. If you get that right, that does the majority of the heavy lifting. And takes the pressure on, uh, takes the pressure off of you for all the other stuff that you feel like you have to get perfect. How do you pick the best topics? How do you do that? Yeah. So before we get to that, I like this. I like this conversation because I think we're talking about overcoming two challenges. The one one part I love about the video challenge and telling somebody just to hit record is you're building consistency. So again, yes. back to my my workout you know journey that I'm in right now. I went from nothing. To, I needed to build a habit. I didn't want to do a diet. You know, I'd done those. I didn't want to have like a weight loss challenge. I wanted to implement a habit. And so the workout wasn't the priority. It was just getting the time every day, you know, carved out and the commitment. So I set out to go, I'm just going to change my lifestyle and try to at least do two days a week. Well, I'm pretty driven. So I got that down pretty quick. And now, you know, it was like week two. I'm like, I can do this three days a week. And then by week three, I was up to four. And then last week I did six days last week of seven. So that's the hit play is just implementing the consistency and the strategy of every day. Okay. Now I've got this, this habit built. Here comes the second part. Now, now I'm four or five months in now the, the workout or the content, you know, for the analogy mm -hmm. is important. Because I've built the habit, I'm in it now. Now I've got to like refine. Okay, what? How am I working out? Am I seeing results for video? It's like let's build that consistency. I love that. Hey, just hit hit play, start going, build that consistency, build that habit. But now we got to really craft a better message, which is what you're what you're asking now is like, dude, how do you figure out what to talk about? For mm -hmm. me, it's easier. I mean, again, mad respect to you coming out every day. It's a it's mentally exhausting physically there's a lot of commitment man so i i mm -hmm. know what you go through to do that so mad respect we only come out once a week so our or my content funnel is every monday starting on monday i'm reading housing wire inman anything i can get i got i'm trying to get my funnel as big as possible to consume as much relevant content for that week mm -hmm. and so every day monday tuesday wednesday all the way up till friday morning i will be thinking about what i'm going to talk about on friday and typically, if I read something interesting, like we talked about one of your articles that you wrote, I'll kind of earmark that and set it aside in a folder. And by, by the time Friday comes out, 
Because again, this is habit. I don't have to go, oh shit, what am I going to think about today? What am I going to talk about? No, I know. I got probably 30 articles that I've read and referenced and a show's coming together in my head that I'm probably going to tie together maybe four or five or six of those articles together into one message that I'm going to share. And that's going to be, you know, with the RE source spin versus just housing wire Inman or any of the other, you know, resources that I read. Right. So that's how we come up. That's kind of our content funnel. And on Friday, um, I'll write on Friday, kind of get my, gather all my thoughts. And then we uh, shoot on Friday and edit on Friday and release on Monday. So the overall goal now for the show is always looking forward for realtors and lenders. That's our goal. If we can do that, like, Hey, they got their head down working hard. What's coming next? You know, we talked about iBuyer and Zillow months, if not years before it really happened. Mm-hmm. We we're trying to say, hey, this is, this is what we think is going to happen. Be ready. And so that's our goal is every day just trying to come up with something that's going to be relevant for them moving forward. Uh, and sometimes it's just sharing a story, but it really is like we've got to educate and entertain both realtors and lenders. That's our audience now. And at a local level, because I think most people listening I mean, this show is 95, 98% real estate agents and they just want to get more deals locally as they should. They have no interest on speaking to the industry. They just want to do it local. They could do exactly what you do. You consumed industry publications. You found out what people are talking about, what's going on. Do the same thing in your community. What are the local news stations covering? The local media companies, what are they covering? Then go in and listen in local Facebook groups what kind of conversations are going on, what's yep. happening. Yep. And here's where I've, I've come to, to believe that what do I talk about? People who ask that are overthinking the shit out of it. It's so easy to come up with ideas if you're listening to what people are talking about yep. and what's going on. Yep. Whether that's international, national, or local, if you just pay attention to that, you never, ever run out of topics. That's 100% right. I mean, if you're just clued in, if you're a local realtor, there's, there's so many nuggets that you could talk about every day dropped. Just in conversations, you're at the water Endless. cooler with like the number one guy in the state and he said this, that, and or other. That's a show. Like, let's talk mm-hmm. about it. I learned something. I was hanging out with this guy. You know, it, there's, there's stuff all around us. We just aren't tuned in to kind of pick it up. And once you've tuned, tuned your brain in to go, ooh, I could use that. Like, to your point, you're going to find it all day, every day. You're just just not really tuned in yet to pick that stuff up and go, how can I use this? How can I convey it to my audience? Yes. Just hearing this conversation, I think is going to help a lot of people who have had that as their biggest roadblock. They're like, I'm, I'm down with all this stuff, Ryan. I'm going to, I have, I'm just going to record with my iPhone or I'm going to record with my, my earbuds into my phone for a podcast. I'm just going to do it, but what the hell do I talk about? So now we're saying just step back, listen and look, Mm -hmm. see what's going on. What are you paying attention to with your friends in your Facebook newsfeed? Are they sharing a photo from this new museum that just opened? Or there's an event down at the Expo Center, uh, like the, the dinosaur show for kids that's, you know, the, this weekend and next. And you're like, oh, that's cool. If it got your attention, well, why don't you go to it, record some video there, interview people about their experience, go talk to the organizers of the event, put it out. Like it's... It's so easy to come up with content ideas. I think the hardest thing then is, um, for me, is how do you do it? 
how do you start doing it? The, the mechanics of it, what equipment do you need? And then promoting it. Because I say this all the time, just creating the content is only step one. Yeah, 100%, right. And it's almost, well, it can't be less important, but it's equally as important as step two, which is get people to know it exists. It, you you know what? So many people make ever. that error. They yeah. think that shooting a video is the goal. No, it's not. That's the tool. Right. If you're selling houses that's the goal like you need to leverage the video yes <laughs> as a tool to help you sell more houses if you're a loan officer you know obviously finance more homes so so many people high level people man trust me i just was meeting with one of the top guys in washington state made that error oh i'm so excited you know videos in the can okay great what are you gonna do with it how are you mm -hmm. going to leverage it like because that's not getting you business right now just sitting there right then you get into, how am I going to get people to watch this? Was my message good enough that it conveyed them to go, oh, I like that guy. I should pick up the phone and call him and talk about listing my house, selling my house, whatever. Right. What considerations, because I want to talk a lot about after you create the content, what do you do with it to make it successful? Because it's, it's literally what you do with the content that you've made that makes or breaks or separates those that do well with it and those that don't. Those that get exposure, those that don't. Those that grow their business, those that don't. It's what you do with the content that you've already made. Let's talk about that last piece to creating the content. Somebody's going to do a video show. What do they need? Obviously, they don't need your, your studio and all that stuff, um, at least not in the short term. What do they need? What considerations do they need to make as well for like sound and, light, and lighting and stuff? I mean, I... I don't know if you guys know Dave Savage, but in the mortgage world, he uh, is a, a big name. And mortgage coach. Yeah, mortgage coach. So yeah. if you've seen Dave's stuff, he's interviewed top people in the industry for years, years and years and years. And Dave doesn't have any of our stuff. Like he mm -hmm. comes to our, our office and studio and he nerds out. But Dave uses his iPhone almost every day and his, and his earbuds. And he's revered in the mortgage world as one of the best communicators and, and influencers. So... Mm -hmm you know, what do I need? I mean, technically, Dave just proved it. You can take your iPhone and take a pair of, you know, earphones and just go to town. Yep. And that's a great way to, you know, again, back to your struggle. Like, I don't know what to talk about. Well, you know, you can grab guests just like Dave. That's his, his all-in move. Dave's very, very rarely by himself on camera. He's usually with another industry uh, leader talking about, you know, takeaways and lessons. So, if you struggle for content, you can do that. The other thing that we talk about all the time, uh, story branding, storytelling, you know, story selling as well. Stories, everybody knows how to tell a story and mm -hmm. you, you run into them every day, especially if you're a realtor. You can easily say, hey, I actually just spoke to this client. Zillow is buying houses with cash. And so they called me because Zillow offered them X. And then I took the time and you go through the story of saying, I actually educated them on how I could make them 25% more listing traditionally with me or something, right? Like that's a great story versus having to stand up and like be a news anchor and craft this, this weird message. You're just telling an actual real story that people listening can go, oh, I learned something. I was edified through that story because I was thinking about selling my, my house to Zillow too with cash. So again, just be tuned in. If, if, you're, if you're worried about writing a, a script or a message, start with just telling stories because they're all around you, even if they're not yours. Even if it was somebody in your office had an amazing story about listing or buying a house, a first-time home buyer, you can tell their story. Just because you're leveraging somebody else's story doesn't mean you won't get business out of that. Right. You're, 
You know what I mean? You're the author of the content. And if you're, if you're uh, distributing that on your Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and IGTV, like, you know, we should get into that too. You're, you're still going to get the business from that. So don't be afraid of telling somebody else's stories. Like that's a great way to start if you're, if you're really struggling with the, the content piece of it. Yes. And I think that naturally leads into what do you do to promote the content that you've just created by having a guest on now you have someone else to help share that content. Yes. So when you had me on your show for your master uh, masterclass series, yep. I, I wanted to share the shit out of it and I did. Yep. So by having guests on your show, now they have an interest in sharing that show. Like it's in their best interest if it performs well because they get exposure, they get credibility, they get all that stuff. So that's where having guests is so great at a local level, find those local influencers, local uh, business owners that have great social media uh, presence, a great social media presence because they have audiences. Like, you know, you got to think about this. Some people like, well, that's so selfish. Well, yeah, it's your show. Like, okay. It's also in their best interest too. So you (laughs) find people who have big audiences to share it to. That's right. That's pretty standard stuff. That's a page out of a book called Hitmakers. If people are listening, go buy that right now. Like it's $7 on Amazon. Hitmakers. And Hitmakers, yeah. And, okay. you know, it's kind of like I call it post and pray. Like I posted a conversation and I hope that people, you know, tune in. That's like I'm praying for, for results. Mm-hmm. Hitmakers talks about the strategy of what you just outlined. Like you and I did a show together. We both have brands, the Ari Source, Massive Agent Podcast. Now we have two influencers really pushing on, on watching this message. Oh, by the way, Dustin also writes for Housing Wire, so they picked it up. Yep. So there's an actual real strategy there. That's right. They did an article. Praying. Yeah. Ian, can you see that? That's one page out of this book of posting something and getting in other influencers to, you know, 10x at 3x or whatever you want to say it, like to really blow it up. You and I did that. Housing Wire did that. And the more people that you get influencer-wise or media-wise, obviously you know, your message gets uh, pushed out that much faster and that much bigger. So small takeaway from a really cool book called Hitmakers, but that's exactly what uh, Dustin and I do. And, and speaking of, you know, Savage, same thing. Uh, it, it's a great way to get your message out there really, really quickly versus just going, I hope people listen to this <laughs> Yeah, post. <laughs> and when you have guests, it takes so much of that pressure off of your shoulders because like some of my shows, usually due to my lack of planning, I'll do solo. Uh, I try to have a, a, a guest every single time now. It takes so much pressure off me. It lets yeah. me learn from you and the other guests, which is amazing. And, and then they help promote it. And like there's so, there's so many great things that happen when you just let go of control and you, you're like, hey, let's just like, you're the star of this episode. Uh, tell me your story great things happen. And so if you feel like you have to start a show and it needs to just be you talking at some point, you're like, you are just going to get burned out or you're going to get boring, or maybe you are boring from the start. Like some people are okay. That's fine. Uh, That's why you should have guests have dynamic guests. Then your boringness doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, I wish I was Joe Rogan or or Brad Pitt, (laughs) but I'm not. So I've got to work hard at being really interesting because I'm not that fun to look at and I'm not that funny. (laughs) (laughs) But you you do have a kick-ass show for sure. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, Let's let's switch gears here a little bit. Uh, Well, okay. Before we do, because some people 
are listening, they're like, damn it, Dustin, keep it linear for once in your life <laughs> and let, let's do what you said you're going to do. Promoting the content. Yes. What do you do after you finish up an episode? What are some of the things you do to get it out there? If we want to get nerdy and get into the weeds. I want to um, get very nerdy. Okay. So let me pull RC's up because that's literally his job. Uh, we have typically three or four of us in the RE source that are working on, you know, shooting the show and the distribution. RC's job is distribution. And then once he, okay, he, he, he tends to go long. So try to use as, many, as few words as you can explaining this, but I want to get into some of the stats that I'm proud of in the different channels after you're done. So love it. Yeah. RC, you're up, my friend. Did you know you were going to be up? on the show too today? <laughs> Why do you think we have two chairs? No. Um, Good point. So, uh, yeah, as far as distribution, guys, uh, I think a big part of that is coming back and just being aware of like who you're targeting and, and where. So you got to respect the psychology of social media. So what channels take what type of content, right? So if you have something um, inspirational or a picture, you know, what platforms that's going to work on. If you have video, there's different types of formats. Uh, if you have just audio, you know, you need to be doing podcast. Um, and then how do you basically take your, your files, the, the how part, right? Whether you're using iMovie or free software or Premiere or Premiere Rush, all of these are editing softwares I'm rattling mm -hmm. off. You know, how are you um, cutting your content and, and sharing it? For us, it's very sophisticated at this point. So it's a huge yeah. commitment, um, but it doesn't have to be. I think uh, Facebook groups are a really good place. If you're a local person trying to do like a business to business perspective, you can um, kill it there, but you can also have a business to consumer perspective with a Facebook group and, and video trumps most algorithms on all platforms at this point. Mm -hmm. As far as like, if you upload a picture, it's only going to go so far. If you upload a picture and tag someone, it goes a little bit further. If you take video, it's going to go x times that and if you tag someone in the video it's going to go a lot farther than just that so you know strategically looking at that is a good way to go i know you wanted to get into like more specifics on like stats you guys but, use igtv you put it up on youtube i think yeah. you even have uh, vimeo or wistia right for embedding yeah yeah so like in general you know uh for instance you had mentioned uh the last show that we did and i sent out a long email to you i was like bam 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 like if you want the podcast you want the raw file you want the video you want the youtube version you want the facebook version the linkedin version the instagram post the instagram story the igtv i don't care what you want we have it right yes. and that's a commitment from us just like the commitment to write something that's quality to um capture something at, like in a high quality the distribution part of it it's a it's a flex um and a huge commitment no different than working out is and you know that's it's a flex. You know, that's a yeah i mean it's it's something i'm competitive in as well because if you're sure. you know if you're going to be on those platforms and I'm not saying we're killing it everywhere. That's definitely not. We're always failing like Ryan said and, and moving forward and growing. Um, but as we jumped onto this, I even did a, a quick um, Instagram story, you know, and, and captured you and I tagged you on it to give some pre content to elude of what's to come next. Right. right? Creating a little bit of uh, curiosity within both of our followers. Right. Let so, me jump in about that. All email. two of them, mom and mom. Right. Right. Well, 
I mean, my dad listens. So okay, you know, no, no harm, no foul. At least he used to. <laughs> maybe not anymore. <laughs> yeah. The numbers went down, so maybe not. Um, <laughs> that so that email that you mentioned that had all those links. What you did is so important. So if you're going to go to all the trouble of having a guest on the show and yep. the time and the money that it takes to produce the show, whether it's a podcast or a video show, it does not matter. If you're going to have a guest, make it as easy for them as possible to share it. So you did that. You have one of the better emails I've seen where you're like, here's a, here's a link to the YouTube. Here's a link to this. Here's, here's the code to embed the Facebook video. Like all of that. Um, here's a graphic in, you know, vertical graphic for stories. Here's a square one. Here's a horizontal one. And you made it easy to share along with instructions on what to do with those things. Because not every guest you have on is going to be super social savvy. Absolutely. Uh, and so you probably see a lot more sharing happen because you've made it easier for them. Absolutely. And then from a credibility perspective, when you share our content, you endorse us. Even if yeah. you're on our show or we're on your show, the host is endorsing the guest, right? But when you come to sharing, you know, your followers trust you. So when you share what we do, it's in our best interest to make it easy on you. And so I do all the heavy lifting graphically and all the nerdy stuff so that everybody else makes it a lot easier for us to achieve our mission of reaching more people and getting to a much larger audience. Uh, meanwhile, your best interest is to look awesome, right? You want to look good. You want to have your dad proud of you on, you know, and stuff. You want people in your uh, social sphere to be like, wow, this guy's really doing a good job. So by making it look cool and being applicable and all those things, you know, instantly your credibility, there's like subconscious credibility that's being delivered. And so that's why the distribution portion is so important because what channel are you on is as important as your content for your relevance, right? Yeah, let's, I mean, let's get into that because I don't want to lose anybody with a big, huge strategy for the RE source sure. or for Massive Agent or Housing Wire. Like, can you make this relatable for the person that's going to start video tomorrow? Yep. Um, what, what would they do? How would they distribute it? And then get into like bite-sized chunks in IG. Yep. I think uh, it's in business. I think it's really important. You have your database somewhat cleaned up so that somehow or another you can contact these people. Well, whether that's like email and then social, obviously Facebook's like one of the most powerful uh, players owning Instagram is a huge part of that and LinkedIn as well. But um, I think something the strategy people aren't really using is taking their existing database, whether that's past customers or their, you know, business to business uh, agent referral partners taking a screenshot of like your social post and sending it out to the people and sending all those people back to the social post is a really fairly simple strategy to make sure your post gets the eyes it needs to show the algorithm that it's important. And then any money that you do spend on that post and that platform, it really doesn't matter. It's going to go farther because it's already somewhat popular. Um, so that's the strategy we do. I mean, and that's the reason why we do it is to make sure that um, the money that we put behind advertising these posts, whether it's a boost or a video views ad on Facebook, um, that's the reason why we do it is we send a database and lots of viewers to one clip to make sure that it's popular. That's smart. That's smart. You, you guys have really settled it. <clears throat> excuse me. You've really settled into a good system and you're doing all those things. And I know some people who have not started yet are probably overwhelmed and intimidated sure. by all the all that stuff. Right. You guys obviously didn't do all this, all that stuff on day one, but most yeah. of that stuff didn't exist on day one. Like right. um so 
what are some of the three best things to prom- uh, best places or ways to promote a brand new show? If you're just like trying to tread water, you're like, oh my god, it was it was just to get this episode done, took all my energy. But Ryan and Dustin keep telling me I need to share it. So okay, what <laughs> should they do? What What are the most important things that someone who who's just starting? Where should they show it or share it? Where should they share it? How should they share it? I don't know if your answer is different than yeah, mine. Matt, we're gonna, all three of us have different answers. Yeah, we probably will. Uh, and I like how the show's expanded now. Like, sorry, yeah, I'm interviewing like two it. people, and you're interviewing <laughs> him. This is fantastic. I like this dynamic. Let's just add a fourth, a fourth person. Yes. Uh, would say if you're just starting instead of being overwhelmed with everything we just talked about or even three channels like commit to one facebook seems like it's the easiest you Mm -hmm. can run ads and target boost all that stuff i would love for somebody to own that channel first do that very very well versus three or four channels that are average and that's in my opinion that seems the like the easiest one to own especially if that's where your influence is i mean if you got more influence in TikTok, then great leverage TikTok, but most of us don't. So wherever you got the biggest influence, it's for most people, Facebook post there, crush that. And once you've got that down and that's going to take some time, move on to your second channel, whether that's IG, you know, YouTube, uh, TikTok, whatever it is. But I think that's the mistake and we've made it again. We've, we've made every mistake in the book twice. And, and we're still trying to learn from that is don't be average at all the different channels and outlets own one then own two, then own three. Agreed. Love it. I'm curious to hear your answer too, Dustin, by the way. Yeah, Facebook, absolutely. Uh, Facebook is incredible. It, now, it de- the answer depends on your audience. If, it, if you're going for a national audience of industry professionals, you want to include LinkedIn in that, I believe. Uh, LinkedIn Correct. is crazy popular. I just don't think LinkedIn, unless you have a big LinkedIn following of consumers in your area, it's just, it's not that great for an agent trying to get local business, in my opinion. Uh, but We have Facebook, a lot of C-suite people that listen. So for like yes. a regional, I could see LinkedIn LinkedIn being an all-in move for a regional or somebody trying to totally. recruit. Uh, so for executives, I think LinkedIn would probably be the top, but for the average loan officer and realtor, probably not. Yeah, Facebook. Yeah. And uh, with groups, you mentioned Facebook groups. Groups, absolutely, but this is where you've got to get the topic. The topic has to be right for the group. If you're doing the five tips for you know buying your first house or 10 reasons why I'm such a great freaking agent and you, and you do this amazing, beautiful video that makes people weep, you share <laughs> that into a Facebook group and you're going to get blocked, deleted. You're going to get a bunch of people right. posting spam gifts, right. which is always hilarious. I, I yep. enjoy participating in that. Uh, so you've got to get it right. If it's about the community and you're interviewing a food truck owner or you're talking about a new, a, like a, a museum opening or the arts festival, people want to see that stuff in local Facebook groups. So that will do well, not the, not the boring real estate mortgage stuff. You got to get the topic right in that context. I love your, the B2B reference to the taco truck guy. Like if I had to start over and I was just a LO or realtor, I think I would go that route because it's interesting. It's in the community. Again, you're leveraging just like you and I have brands, you know, that taco truck guy is going to want to share that as well. Mm -hmm. And so you go around the community and you're, you're interviewing and talking about, you know, maybe the best place to get a taco or hamburger or best whiskey. That's 
one of the strategies I'd start with. Like if you're struggling where to start and how to have something fun and interesting, there you go. Find and the you coolest put it places on YouTube. around town. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're doing stuff like that, make sure you put it on YouTube because it's searchable. Facebook yep. video, not searchable. YouTube, extremely searchable. Yeah. So at stuff kills on YouTube and we'll start positioning you over time at, they're going to start, if somebody's researching moving to your, your market, they're going to be like, mm, what are the best restaurants? What are the best parks? The best whatever. Um, they're going to start researching it. And if they see you consistently show up with your videos, who are they going to call? Right. Ryan, how do I get business out of this? Well, yeah. don't, don't vomit that you're a realtor on there and, you know, tastefully mix that in. Yeah. You know, you don't, it doesn't Minimally. have to be. Yeah, you don't have to be the star. Again, you're just bringing something relevant that's interesting. You know, make the taco truck guy the star yep. and you, you mix in, you know, something tastefully about whether you're a realtor or lender, your business. Again, if you're top of mind and you're bringing really good content, they're going to think of you when they want to list or buy a house. Yeah, and by doing the relevant stuff that they want to keep watching and that they want to share with their friends, that makes you the star. Yep. You don't have to tell them you're the star. Right. That, that's actually... Yes the wrong way to do it. If you want to be the star, don't tell people you're the star. <laughs> Just deliver great stuff and they will right. naturally know you as the star. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. So it matters a great deal, the topic you choose. Um, I want to pivot real quick to what I get asked a lot. People who they start a show or they're about to and and respect to them for thinking this way because this is one of the big reasons why starting a video show at a local level or nationally, but a local show makes sense. There's other ways to monetize it. There's other opportunities that come along than just closing a loan or selling a home. You can sell ad space, sponsorships, Mm -hmm. affiliate marketing, the networking that happens, the positioning, like your brand equity goes through the roof as a show host, uh, all those things. So I get asked, well, how do I get sponsors? How do I monetize the show? I've been doing it for six months. You know, it's good, but how can I squeeze more out of it? Do you guys have sponsors for your show? And if so, when did you first start implementing that? We've we've had sponsors for the show. I mean, it happened fairly quick. Once we started hitting the national level, people started saying, hey, you know, you got people watching. We'd love to host or, you know, have the first 30 seconds, you know, of, of the show. We went a different route. Uh, and I don't know if it... it this could ultimately be an error, but we have chose to choose a different, in my mind, longer-term monetization strategy. And we're prioritizing the subscriber database, the double opted in subscriber database before really turning all that on. So I'm passing up what I call short money mm-hmm. <laughs> because I know I can have sponsors right now on the show. And I don't know, again, I'm going to be honest with you guys and vulnerable. That could be a misstep but I want to continue to gain that influence and then figure out what the best monetization strategy is. The positive side of that is because you, you've seen other shows that have tons of ads and, and it gets kind of messy and, and the message kind of gets lost. That's kind of cool for us is we don't have to worry about that. It's just trying to bring relevant content. And so there's not, it doesn't get lost with a mortgage insurance sponsor or title sponsor or anything else like that. So yeah. Uh, probably not the best guy to ask, to be honest, when it comes to monetization strategies, maybe in the future when we finally kind of turn those on, uh, we'll see if the strategy works out. But for sure. us, we haven't, you know, we're prioritizing just bringing good relevant content and trying to gain 
or grow our, our community as big as possible. Yes. As somebody who has had sponsors before um, and currently, like uh, currently I have sponsors and affiliate partnerships and all that, it's, you have to, it, it just adds more complication. It adds a lot more consideration because you're, now you have to think about stepping on toes or competitors and, and all that. So, um, and I'm not saying that that means it's not worth it. And I'm not saying that what you are doing is not the right way, because honestly, I think you should, if at all possible, just wait as long as you possibly can before you get a sponsor or monetize. Um, just, just go for the biggest audience you possibly can by doing great stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so if you are going to start selling ad space or, or take sponsors of an episodes and stuff, you just, first off, make sure that you can actually believe in that company or that brand. Uh, I see this all the time where someone, they just take a paycheck and they're selling something that they don't use, they wouldn't use. And that's a problem. You know, it, you're, you're really going to lose your credibility with your audience. Every, everything that I've ever, uh, every sponsor I've ever had is stuff that I used even before I started a show. Um, aside from postcard mania, postcard mania, they reached out to me. I dove in and looked at what they were doing and used it. And I was like, this is fantastic. And then I brought them on as a sponsor. So those are the considerations if you are going to be doing that with the show. Uh, but thank God you have options available to you if you choose by having a local show. It's not just uh, closing more loans and selling more homes. There's more to it. You can recruit to your brokerage. You can recruit yeah. locally, nationally. You can recruit uh, other loan officers if that's what you're doing, if, if you're an LO. There's just so much great stuff that, that can come your way. And that's a really interesting and important point that you made because there's other ways to leverage, you know, your your influence in your show. And so, while we haven't turned on like premium content and advertiser strategies, you know, I have most people don't know the second part of the story for the show is you're right. That's put me people, realtors, and both lenders started watching. I started having influence there, and so I went from just RC and I to, I think it was about year two or three, hired the first loan officer and then the second. And now realtors are also coming and wanting to work with us and, and you know, kind of mastermind with us. So we're getting their business. Then the third and the fourth and the fifth loan officer. And the show has helped grow our team up to, I'm super proud that we've closed a half a billion dollars in loans last year, 500 Damn. million from two, two knuckleheads in Puyallup just trying to tread water and, and stay afloat. We, you know, we have one of the most efficient and successful teams in, in the mortgage space. I'm proud of that. That is the perfect way to wrap things up because I was going to ask you what has happened. And I mean, we've been talking about it the whole time, but uh, specifically like, has your show led to closing more loans or growing Absolutely. a branch or, or whatever? And, and it, so, so to hear that it has, and that you've been able to do half a billion in loans and loan production is just ridiculous. But had you, let's see, had you just done it for three months and decided, and like, oh, I haven't recruited anyone yet right. uh, and quit, never would have happened. You guys just decided to stick with it. The last question I want to ask, was there ever a point where you did quit, wanted to quit? Uh, what did that look like? Like, ooh, bro, <laughs> or does that happen? Every day. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Every day, man. It's a grind. Again, back to working out this morning. I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. And all I tell myself to continue with my workout journey is just get out of bed. 
just get out of bed, put, you know what I mean? And then, okay, now I get dressed. Okay, now I'm driving to the gym and now I'm working out. Every day, man, it's a grind. And, and as you get success, I mean, running a $500 million team is more than a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And coming out with something interesting. I mean, it turned into speaking opportunities across the nation, which we love to do. And so we have a nice speaker fee, mm-hmm. you know, so that's cool. Right. Um, we got Absolutely. one coming up in Oregon. We'll be there. And so it's definitely turned into the, so many different opportunities every day, man. I'm like, yeah, this is tough. I just like anybody else. Like, I, I just want to be like, ah, I've, I've worked too hard. It's been a decade. We'll let these younger guys take over. I'm good. I'll just coast. So yeah, it's a struggle every day. But And you, know, and you just do it anyways. I just do it anyways. It's mm-hmm. like working out, man. All I say is get out of bed. <laughs> and and, and having good people like uh, RC and Mickey and Aaron that are part of the RE source, they push me too, man. So it's important to have a good team. Accountability goes both ways. So I'll, they can tell when I'm lagging. Maybe I traveled for work. Maybe I traveled for a speaking gig and I came back on Thursday night and I'm like, yeah, bro, we're probably not going to come out with one on Monday. They're like, yeah, yeah, we are. Dude, need to rally. We need you. Accountability. Yeah, and that pushed me. So um, can you throw those stats up? I wanted to share that because it was really cool. This is an old stat. As far as like, you know, again, you were like, hey, after month three, did you want to quit? Yeah, of course we did. You know, but none of the, none of the rest of the story that we shared would have happened. We wouldn't have got the mm-hmm. phone call to guest host a national show. But just in Facebook, to give you an idea, you know, if you, if you have consistency, uh, what is the stat? So 8,400 hours over just as of the last 24 months, just in Facebook, the, the channel of Facebook, not YouTube or Instagram, anything else. Uh, 8,400 hours have been spent in Facebook consuming our content. I wow. share that not to brag, but to fire people up. Like when you put stuff out to the world and you do it right, it gets consumed. So 8,400 hours just over the last two years have been spent, you know, people across the nation consuming our content. And if you go to, uh, on the, yeah, RC is asking me to quantify that better. So 8,400 hours is the equivalent of 350 days. So basically a year, you'd have to pay somebody, 24-7 for a year to sit there and consume 8,400 hours worth of content. That's, that's pretty cool. It's exciting. That's nuts. Uh, but- similar channel on, on, so the website, we have a website as well. It, it's uh, about the same, about 8,500 hours, basically another year just than that. So those are totally different views, uh, more time spent on the, on the website itself. And then the real cool stat is the YouTube channel, because that's been around a long time. Do you believe it or not? 2.3 million minutes have been spent consuming our content. That it's when I hear stuff like that, it just boggles my mind how there's still agents, still lenders that refuse to use these tools. That's all these platforms are. They are tools to amplify what you want to amplify. Yep. And they're not. And that's cool. That is it's so amazing. cool, man. Yeah. I, I mean, a million of anything is amazing. Yeah. Like it's, you know, if I'm listening, I'm like, okay, I'm not there yet. But again, just get out of bed. You got to start somewhere. You got to, you know, implement that, that habit and people will consume your content, man. It's so easy now to, to get it out there. We had, we had, we were trailblazers and everybody thinks being a trailblazer is fun. It's not like you get cut up, you know, if you're first through the bush and you're knocking it down, like you get cut up, you get scratches. Like we had to learn this stuff the hard way and fail forward. And, you know, thankfully you know, it's a lot easier now, but we've, you know, people like yourself and, and the resource and Savage have kind of put that blueprint out there. And those are 10 years of failures that you guys just get to start where we, where we've basically finished and go, okay, 
I'm going to leverage what they've talked about because we share all our success on the show. We, we shot a show years ago called Respecting the Psychology of Social Media and the importance of, of how and why you'd want to you know, deliver your content in each of those streams. Like, well, There's no secrets, man. We're talking about everything we do every day on the show. And that's, that's what we just did here. I mean, yeah. you've basically given the roadmap and all the context and all the secrets to anyone who wants to do it. Now, they, literally the only variable is will they? Yeah. Will they do it? Yep. And it, yeah, it's, it's just like a lack of information is not a valid excuse anymore. It's just not. There's Google, there's YouTube, there's asking other people who have already done it. And th- there's just a lack of desire, a lack of willingness to seek that information out. That's it. That's what separates those that do and those that don't. Yep. Ryan and RC, thank you guys so much. Uh, I want to wrap up the show with our rapid fire questions. It uh, gives us a little bit more insight in, into, into you. And, uh, and then I'll ask you at the end for the most impactful book you've ever read, one app recommendation, and the best piece of advice that you've ever received. Either or questions. You don't need to elaborate if you don't want to. Just pick one or the other. Facebook or Instagram? Facebook. Instagram or LinkedIn? Oh, again, that's tough depending on who you are. Instagram is just so much cooler. <laughs> it's hard to say LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> you, you think Instagram is the Instagram is my win? answer. Yeah. Books or podcasts? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, so those man. books behind you on the bookshelf, do you actually read those books? Or yes, they're, they are or the props? read and it's only a fraction of my collection. I am okay. old You're school. I still buy books. I have never listened to an audio, audio, whatever that app is, audio book. I've never Audible. listened to one. Are you Audible. shitting me? I'm not. Wow. I'm not. So I'm the guy that still buys it. And I like to highlight and I like to write in there because it's tough to retain everything, but I'll know like, oh, that book was talking about and I'll pull it up and I can go right to it. Hmm. Yeah, and nice. I, print, I print out executive summaries afterwards that do a really good job. Um, so my it's tough to retain for me listening, but I love podcasts as well. I don't even like that. I don't like that question because I love them both. <laughs> it's a bad question. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dick question. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it a good question. Like you yeah. should say, hey, dude, you got to pick one. Uh, if I had to yeah. pick one podcast, even though I love books. Okay. Podcasts or audiobooks? Well, you know the answer there. I already podcast. know the answer. <laughs> iPhone or Android? Oh, iPhone for sure. Good call. Yeah, some people get that one wrong. It's funny too. Yeah. It's always and you funny. unfriend them, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> this ooh, will not sorry. be posted ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, it didn't record. Uh, yeah. We're going to have to go a different direction. <laughs> Alexa or Google Home? Neither. Oh, are you one of these, uh, they're out to get me freaks? No. I'm just kidding. No, but I, yeah. You just don't. I don't know. Just don't do it. I don't get it. Like my phone does that. I don't understand why I need to have another voice controlled thing to tell me to turn on the t- or tell Alexa to turn on my TV or drop the blinds. I just don't get it yet. Yeah. I don't see the set, benefit. Set timers, play podcasts, flash briefings. Alexa yeah. has flash briefings. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But like you said, there's there's that elsewhere. Burgers or pizza? Oh, that's another great question. Pizza. These are good mm-hmm. questions. Well, thank you. New York or LA? New York, baby. Yeah. NFL or NBA? NFL. Uh, let's see. Seahawks or 
life. I mean, Hawks. Like, or like <laughs> diehard Hawks. Yes, Hawks fan. <laughs> I remember their old silver helmets. And Those were great. So cool. So cool. And hell, I, I remember the back. Seattle Sonics. Yeah. Isn't that a sore topic up there in Seattle? It still is, is the... too soon. It's, it's like is talking it? about throwing the interception on the one-yard line. It's still too soon. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mountains or beach? Mountains, actually. I like it. PNW. Bubble or no bubble? Are we in a real estate bubble nationally or is this something different? No bubble. Podcast or vlog? Mm. Mm. RC said podcast. He whispered it. <laughs> I mean, we have a vlog. So, I mean, that, that seems like that would be the obvious choice. <laughs> vlog it up. All right. Vlog it up. Yep. YouTube or Facebook Live? Oh, boy. I didn't realize these would be such stumpers for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm overthinking. YouTube. YouTube. Uber or Lyft? Uber. Gary V or Grant Cardone? Gary V. What's the most impactful book you've ever read? RC said the Bible. That's probably a really good answer. That's not mine, although it's a good book. Um, like that's a great answer but it's horrible it's not mine <laughs> it's not the greatest book ever but you said impacted me Impact. so uh it really started me down this path and uh a friend of mine barry habib who is a very successful in the mortgage space recommended it it's called a it's a old book called start with no mm. and that really just triggered my you know passion of learning from others and, and really trying to implement what I've learned in books. I, I don't think I've ever read a fiction book. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while for me. And, and I, you know, I just, yeah. it's like, I want to, I want to learn from somebody else that's been there, done that and try to take away and, and implement that in my life. So start Absolutely. with no, it's actually a pretty good read. It's another it start contrarian. with no or go for no, no, start with no. Um, okay. Is it back there? Yeah. There's another one called Go for No that I think is equally as fantastic. Yeah, Jim Camp, Start With No. America's number one negotiating coach explains why win-win is ineffective. If I didn't get you with that contrarian statement that I, you know, I'm not going to at all. I love it. Right. Nice. So start with no. Cool. Uh, Give us an app recommendation. Any apps that you you are playing around with that, that you really recommend people get? Besides Tinder <laughs> or, or Grinder, <laughs> depending on your persuasion. I can't believe I went there, but the I just did. Guy. RC, what would you say? I think for the people listening, probably like something like iMovie, just from an executable perspective, like something that's going to like transform where they are to where they want to be. Did you pick that up? You say iMovie? He said iMovie, just, just for the practical use of the LO or the realtor starting. Okay. To tie it uh, in with our conversation today. Yeah. Yeah, to get away from my Tinder and Grinder comments, which is very smart. <laughs> to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, and then I bring it up again. Here we go. <laughs> Refusing to drop the shovel. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, iMovie, nice. Um, best piece of advice you've ever received in life? That's a deep one. Um, or business. Yeah. I was going to say, you should see your fingers right now. You're like thinking so hard. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's because I, if I really told my story, I haven't had a lot of great leaders in my life that 
have really poured into me. That's the honest answer. I've again learned what not to do the hard way, and so uh, I, I wish. And now, now I do. Like for the first year at age forty-two, I've got some really good leaders that are pouring into me. Uh, but it's difficult to go back and really leverage that, you know, a point in life where somebody said, "Do this," you know. Well, then, what's the best piece of advice you'd give to someone listening? I want to say save your money, but <laughs> that's just because I know our I know our peers in real estate and lending they're not great savers, and I just know it's such it's such a stupid answer, but I know how people perform when they're desperate for that paycheck. And yep. I'm telling you guys, it's such a freeing moment when you don't need that next paycheck in both real estate and lending. You can you can proactively run your business without stress versus just worrying about closing that next deal. And I, I remember it changed my life when I hit that point in my business. And it, dude, my business grew so quick and I didn't have to worry about that next deal closing. It's so freeing. And then you can get into actually investing and you know, put, making your money work for you. And so we, we struggle as realtors and lenders for some reason, saving our money. Mm-hmm. It's probably America, not just realtors and lenders. Yeah, it's an American thing, a human thing. Yeah. But that's, I think that's one of the better pieces of advice we've had, we've had a guest give with the context you gave with it. Um, I, I agree. I know what it's like to need a transaction to close. Mm-hmm. It's and not a great feeling. It's not. And in a, like I never, I never steered anyone wrong necessarily. Like I didn't do anything weird or shady or give them bad advice. And I don't think even when you need to close a deal, I don't think most of us do that. I don't think we go to like giving them bad advice but it still taints it a little bit or at least yeah. you're like well like even just the urgency of acting sometimes or the urgency of making a decision or doing something can have an effect that's just not 100% ideal or optimal and so when you when you remove when you just don't care or or it's not that you don't care but when you you're like, eh, if this deal doesn't work out, we'll just get the next one. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't bother you. That's an amazing place. And it makes you a better agent. It makes you a better advisor, makes you a better lender. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I mean, think about their relationships that get stressed too. Yeah. You know, and you don't have money. That's changing everything. Mm-hmm. And you don't have any space in your mind to think ahead. You're just like, you know, now my wife's mad at me and my kids and I feel like a failure and I can't pay my bills. Are they going to take my house? Yeah. How can you even how can you proactively think through that? So save right. your money. Yeah. And I, I mean, I wasn't planning on going here, but I think it's important since we're on the topic, multiple streams of income. Mm-hmm. Um, how many lenders do you know and how many agents do we know that if they don't close a transaction, their family has no income? Yeah. It's it's literally a hamster wheel. So that's why I chose the brokerage that I'm with. So I have additional means of revenue, additional means of, of building wealth. Um, that's why I'm you know, in other ventures is so that I can create these safety nets or, around me, so to speak. I mean, nothing's ever 100%. But if one thing doesn't work out, I have the others. And when you have that, that can help you get to that place where you're like, you know what, Susie, maybe you shouldn't sell today. Maybe you should wait uh, six months. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, it, it's important stuff. Thank you for taking the conversation in that direction. Yeah. For anyone who has not seen your show, does not know who you are yet, where can they find you and connect with you? The website's uh, theresource.tv. And if you're just in Facebook, you can just search The Resource, And we'd love to 
have you join the community. And it's a, it's a fun community. We have a lot of great people like Dustin that we've had on the show. The masterclass series is really fun for me to do. I'm, I'm proud when you do something that you're proud of, you don't have to be like scared to share that. You're excited to share that because you're proud of what you're creating. And so I'm very proud of what we've done. Almost every one of our shows, I go back and look and go, wow, we have a badass content library of 10 years worth of shows because, you know, we just, I'm proud of what we've done. So I'm excited to share that with the world and having people like Dustin on our show and, and other, you know, if you go to our masterclass series, you'll see these uber successful people that are just super humble and they'll, they're very open and they'll share their story and there's so much to learn from them. So I'm really excited to keep that masterclass series moving forward going. I love it. Yeah. I, I've been watching your, your stuff for a while, but the masterclass is a fairly new thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yep. I really think that took everything you guys do to a, a totally different level. So uh, you're right. A bunch of super successful people and me that are part of it, which is awesome. <laughs> and Ryan. And, and I'm humble. Yes. So and Ryan, thank you fan. so much. Appreciate you being on the Massive Agent Podcast today. Great stuff. We went a lot longer than I, than I thought we would, but I think it's pure gold. So that's the way it is. If Joe Rogan can do a four and a half hour podcast right? that people listen to, I can do one that's an hour and a half. So yeah. deal with it, people. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Ryan, thank you so much. RC in the background there. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you Dude, soon. Thank you so much, man. Love what you do. Thanks, buddy. Like I said, guys, anytime you can listen to someone who's been successfully doing a show and have had amazing results come from it, and they've been doing it for over a decade, you should listen. So if you made it this far, congratulations. Make sure you now do the things that you just learned. That's the thing that separates the successful from the not successful. You do it and you do it consistently because you realize the only way to learn how is by doing. You cannot learn to ride a bike by reading about riding a bike. You have to get on the bike and learn how to balance and learn how the pedaling works and learn how to shift your weight and all like when to brake and you know how much pressure to apply to the pedal. You have to do that. You have to learn by doing. You can't learn to podcast unless you're recording a freaking podcast. You can't learn to do video unless you're in front of a camera recording a video. You've got to do these things. Those of you guys that have and that are doing them, congratulations. Just doing it is, the, is a huge step. Now make sure you do it consistently and get better at it and do more of it. Okay, Wherever you're at in that process right now, just keep getting better, please. That's all I ask. I want you guys to thrive. I... I have no idea if there's ever going to be the ability to track this, but I really believe that if, if somehow we could, we could go back to when we launched this podcast back in January, 2018, and we, we were able to track exactly who listened and then what they implemented in their business and then how their business changed, how many transactions they did, how, you know, did they grow businesses and, and income streams outside of just closing transactions? Hopefully, I hope the answer to that is yes, for the vast majority of you. Because God damn it, if you're so reliant on just closing transactions, you're a slave for the rest of your life. You're, you're on the hamster wheel forever unless you can remove yourself from the equation and still have revenue. But if we could track that, I really believe that, that you guys, that this audience would be one of the most productive audiences of any show out there because you guys do shit. You guys have a desire to do shit, which is why you're listening in the first place. And then you go do. So... To those who have, congratulations. To those who are about to, congratulations. Life's about to get really fun 
It's going to take a lot more work than you ever thought possible, but that is where the magic happens. So congratulations. You're about to go down that road, which is really, truly awesome. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. And uh, and last thing I've, I've had, I don't know why this week I've had a few questions about uh, my favorite CRM. I personally use Wise Agent. Wise Agent is what I use. Massiveagentpodcast.com slash wiseagent. You can get a 14-day free trial and you can download my drip campaigns. The drip campaigns that I personally use, you can um, you can download them directly into your Wise Agent account, but you have to use that link so they know that you came from the Massive Agent promo code. Uh, there's Look, they're not the only great CRM out there. I know some people use LionDesk. I left LionDesk for Wise Agent, and I'm very pleased. It's it's easier to use. It's cheaper. I just like it a lot better. Some people like Follow Up Boss. Uh, there's the Easy Agent Pro CRM that's built in. It's fairly basic at this point, but there's a lot more features coming to that. So you just have to find something you like. So Wise Agent's what I use. Make sure you use the uh, Massive Agent promo code, massiveagentpodcast.com slash wiseagent. Check it out, 14-day free trial. Dive in, commit to it, see if you like it. And if you don't, then freaking cancel it. No harm, no foul. Didn't cost you a dime, just a little bit of time. And then now you know. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. I will see you next week for episode 112. It's a great episode next week. We have Dan Lesniak from Hyperfast Agent. So I'll see you next week. Go sell some homes. Have a great weekend. Take care.